It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. This is a Spiva Media production. It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. Welcome to my show. My name is Cindy Liming and I talk about all the things that I find to be awesome in this journey called life. By sharing what I find, I hope that you too will be able to create more awesomeness in your corner of the world. In this episode, I'm going to explain what I learned about mindfulness this week and how I had to put it into use. But first, I have a few special guests that I need to showcase before I get started. Last week, I talked about how to wait well, and one of the ways I wait well is by telling jokes. And if you want to hear some really cheesy but funny jokes, at least I think they're funny, head on over to yddoa.com 70 to hear that episode. But anyway, I was telling my fifth graders about it, and they told me some really funny jokes. I just had to record them and share them with you. So here are just a few of my fifth graders sharing a couple of their funniest jokes. Okay, here's Carter's joke. Which room is the biggest room in the world? Which room? The room for improvement. Nice. Okay. And now we have Noah. So Noah, here, tell your joke. So there was a man who wanted to express his love for his wife. So he climbed the highest mountain, swam the deepest ocean, and walked the biggest desert. What did his wife say to him? I don't know. What did his wife say? Nothing. She divorced him because he wasn't ever at home. (laughs) Okay. And here's Ella's. One night, a king and a queen went into a castle. It was only those people in the castle. The next day, three people came out. Who were they? I don't know. Who were they? The knight, the king, and the queen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And the last one. Here's Gavin. Uh, You're in a metal room. The walls are metal, the ceiling's metal, the floor's metal. All you have is a chainsaw and a wooden table. How do you get out? How do you get out? I don't know. You cut the table in half. Two halves make a hole. You go out the hole. Okay. Thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed those. We were laughing so much that day. Maybe start your day with a joke. I know that if you have an Alexa, you can ask her to tell you a joke. And there's got to be an app or one of those calendars where you rip a page off each day. But if not, perhaps my students and I should look into getting one published. My topic for today is about mindfulness. And I feel like it's sort of the latest buzzword. 
We had a uh, personal development day at school a few weeks ago. And for those of you who um, have never listened to my show before, um, I'm a fifth grade teacher. And at this uh, personal development day at school, I attended a class on mindfulness. And it is a good thing that I did because I was in situations this week where I had to use what I learned. But first of all, According to an article I read on mindfulness.org, mindfulness means the basic human ability to be fully present, aware of where we are and what we're doing, and not overly reactive or overwhelmed by what's going on around us. So in a nutshell, the way I see it is practicing mindfulness is a way to not feel overwhelmed in uh, an overwhelming situation. Apparently, schools in 48 states are required to teach mindfulness in some form. And I had been doing it with my students, but only sporadically. However, I have about 15 students who come and loom knit scarves and hats for the homeless. And uh, they are practicing mindfulness. So one of the things that I learned is that knitting and crocheting count as a mindfulness practice. So who knew? And it's because... What you're doing is when you're knitting or crocheting, you are focusing on something else. You're focusing on your hands. You're focusing on what you're creating in front of you. And one of the things that I like to do is, I, I don't know. I mean, those of you who crochet crochet and knit, you probably totally understand this. But there's something about the feeling of the yarn and how it's moving over the hooks. And it's just really um it's really calming to me when I crochet and it's really really relaxing because I'm able to focus on that and um, all the other craziness that's going on around me kind of fades away so it's a nice break for my crazy head um but anyway um so knitting and crocheting count as mindfulness. So if if you have been doing that, you've been practicing mindfulness. And another thing that I've started doing with my class is a 90-second breathing activity. And boy, are we reaping the benefits of this. If you've heard the word mindfulness before and thought to yourself that it doesn't really work and who has the time for that, and I'm not going to buy into this, and that was totally me at first. But if you're thinking that, you are dead wrong, and I can totally tell you that mindfulness definitely works. For example, um, the schedule that I have with my students is really bad. It is definitely not your ideal schedule. I teach fifth grade, and they... uh, They switch classes, and according to my schedule, I have them for 45 minutes. But if you know anything about fifth graders who switch classes, I can assure you that by the time they stop at their lockers, use the restroom, talk to their friends, I definitely don't see them for 45 minutes. Not to mention that once they physically enter the room and get settled, another two to three minutes have slipped away. And every minute counts when I only have 45 minutes with them. And then once that all happens and gets settled, I probably have about 35 minutes of actual learning time with them. And this very much is not ideal, but it is the cards that I've been dealt, and I will do the very best I can with 35 minutes a day. So what I just described is how it has been all year long until this week when I started using a mindfulness practice with them. 
In the class that I attended on mindfulness, the instructor gave us tons of resources, one of which was a 90-second breathing exercise. So what I do is I pop this image on my big screen at the front of the room of a ball that's falling down this track. And as it's falling, the words inhale appear on the screen. And then the ball gets picked up by like this platform thing that's like carrying the ball back up to the top of the screen and as it's doing that the words exhale come onto the screen and the students focus on it and they do what it says and um, soon all I hear is the rhythmic breathing in unison. I started putting this on the screen before they even enter the room And the first day I explained to them why we were doing it, which was that it would help them to settle down and refocus before starting class. And then since then, they walk in quietly, and I turn the lights off too, by the way. And I'm not sure why, but lights off somehow is the universal way to communicate to kids that they need to settle down. So my students now walk in quietly, sit down, look at the screen, and start breathing. And we call it 90 seconds of chill. No joke, by having them take this time to stop and breathe, I bought myself 10 plus minutes with them. Literally two times this week, I got ahead in my lesson plans, which never happens, and I was able to move on to the next day, like with my lessons. So we were able to just kind of skip ahead, which has been really nice. And one would think that I would not have time to add another thing to my already shortened class, but seriously, I... What I've ended up doing is I've bought more time by spending those 90 seconds on taking time to chill for a little bit. And because of that, they're more focused, and so I don't have to keep asking them to be quiet repeatedly. And um, most of them are focused, and they remain focused for the remaining of the period. And it's been really, really great. Like, And it's working. I mean, they're able to come in and focus, and then they stay focused, and then I'm not having to constantly stop class and tell them to get settled down again and again and again. They just start off focused that way and stay that way to the point where we're able to get more accomplished. Now, as for me, I too take advantage of chill time with my students. And I noticed that when I was reflecting on um, the week for this episode, I noticed that I added a little more to chill time in my own mind in kind of a natural way. I love to hear my students breathe. And I know this may sound strange, but it's true. It means that they are alive and well and safe in this room with me for this moment in time. And sometimes while they're breathing, I tell them to listen to it. I say, wow, we're all in this room alive and well. Listen to that. And I know some of you think I'm whacked, and some of my students think I'm whacked too. However, on a serious note, those of you who have lost loved ones like me, I know you want nothing more than to hear them breathe one more time. So tonight, when you go to bed, take time to listen to your loved ones breathing. I lay my head in my husband's chest at night, and I listen to his heartbeat, and I be thankful. And I told him that this is like my lullaby. So take a moment to listen to your kids breathe. Listen to yourself breathe. Maybe you don't have kids or a spouse. Listen to yourself breathe because some people no longer have that luxury. It's so precious. This is mindfulness. 
Gratitude is also a way to practice mindfulness. And it's not hard. And afterwards, you'll be glad you did it. I'll put a link in the show notes to the breathing exercise that I, with, I do with my students. And you can do this with yourself at, um, at home or at work um, or on break or with your own children. It's really, really, really been helpful for um, a lot of us at school. And the most popular and most talked about way to practice mindfulness is to meditate. So notice the word practice comes up as I've been talking about mindfulness. You definitely have to practice. The Calm app is a very popular app to practice meditation. And according to my app, I have meditated for 395 sessions. And I'm still not good at this. And my mind wanders and sometimes I fall asleep. So therefore, I'm not getting a ton of meditation accomplished. And I do 10-minute sessions. So in all reality, I'm getting under 10 minutes of solid meditation. And it's not much. But the little that I do get makes a huge impact on my day. So here's what I've noticed about myself. See, life is super hectic for all of us. And every day, as you know, is not rainbows and cotton candy and unicorns. I used to cry a lot. I used to internalize every little thing. I used to let every bit of negativity eat me alive and in, and in turn ruin my entire day. And you know what? Negative stuff still happens. Just because I meditate doesn't mean the bad stuff stops. But how I deal with it is different. A bad moment remains just a moment and not an entire bad day. Things don't consume me like they used to. In fact, I if I forget to meditate and uh, when the first negative thing starts to happen in my day and I start to let it consume me, that's when I realize, oh no, I forgot to meditate this morning. So it's helping me that much that um, I definitely notice when I've not done it. So far, I've talked about what mindfulness is, and I've told you about a few activities that can help you practice it. And typically, when you practice something, you're doing it for when the real deal happens. So for example, my son goes to basketball practice daily so that when the game happens, he can rock the house, which by the way, he and his team have been killing it lately. I just have to give a shout out to our Amherst Comets because they've been really awesome lately. And my daughter, who goes to play practice every day, um, she goes there so that when the actual play happens, she will nail it once again. And also a shout out to Amherst Theater as well, because they too are a group of super amazing and talented students. But anyway, I'm trying, I got to stay focused here. So (laughs) when one is practicing mindfulness, what are they really getting ready for? Well, For me, I see it as I'm getting ready for when things start to crumble or when I'm going to feel overwhelmed. You need to practice mindfulness so that when the real deal happens, which would be life, you can handle it. And I had to learn or I had to use what I learned this week. So as a teacher, you're always going to run into children who are challenging. You would think that after 23 years of teaching, I've got this under control. You would think after this long, no kid will get under my skin, no matter what they say. Well, one did this week. And I'm not going to share the details, but I'm not sure that I've ever had an encounter with another human quite like this. 
with what happened this week. And that's where mindfulness came in. While the situation was happening, I happened to remember to breathe. And I know that sounds really insane when you think about it. I mean, we're breathing all the time. But to take those intentional deep breaths, I remembered in the heat of, a mo- of the moment to take some intentional deep breaths. Have you ever been like so upset and someone just told you to breathe and you did and you felt so much better? So since I've been practicing, the breathing came natural to me. And the entire time I was taking deep breaths. And finally, I just walked away and went back to my classroom and started my breathing exercises with my class. And after that, I was able to refocus on the children in front of me. Honestly, once I got started with my day, I seriously forgot that I had an awful run-in with a very belligerent student earlier in the day. I was able to move on with the rest of the day. I'm thinking that the old, unmeditating Cindy would have let it consume her and ruin the entire day, and in turn, also not be fresh and new for my students who needed me to be my best self. So, since I've been practicing the breathing and the meditating, um... I was able to stay calm and uh, not make a bigger mess out of what was already happening. So it's super important to practice mindfulness. So try a breathing exercise or listen to a loved one breathe or meditate. Take up crocheting or knitting. If you're not into any of my suggestions, do a quick Google search on mindfulness and you'll find a ton of resources online. So start practicing so that when the real deal happens, you can handle it with composure, kindness, and grace. So I'd love to continue the conversation in the Facebook group at www.facebook.com groups slash YDDOA. And you can also find me on Instagram at your DD of Awesome and on Twitter at Cindy Liming. Cindy is spelled C-Y-N-D-I and Liming is L-I-M-I-N-G. And also please check out my website for all things awesome at YDDOA.com. You will find all the deals, resources, and links that I talk about on this show and all of the episodes as well. That's YDDOA.com. So make sure you check it out. So right now, if nothing else, take a deep breath, let it out, and rock the day. I'll catch up with you right here next week on your Daily Dose of Awesome. Thanks for listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 